Have you ever believed something was good, but then realized it was bad? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Ann Lay. Later in the show, you'll hear from Kate Waddell, who was chasing her dreams as a musician and ended up in the sex industry. You know, I think sometimes we can go through life, and I know for me, where I was participating in things that I honestly thought were innocent and fun. And looking back, I realized, wow, I put myself in some really bad situations Mm. and dangerous situations where I'd go to parties after clubs and you know, there'd be gang fights and different things. And I thought, well, this is just fun. We're just partying, you know, but really, honestly, you were in danger. <laughs> that I was endangering myself. I think as we all grow up, we're all trying to formulate what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. And how do we formulate those ideas through friends, family, maybe through life experiences? But oftentimes we go through things and we start saying, oh, you know, this is fine. This is good. Right. And good things to us look good until we try it for a little bit. And then we're like, "Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Mm. I'm in something very bad. I'm in a bad relationship. I'm in a bad situation now with my job, or I'm in a bad situation with family. I made some wrong decisions. You know, there's these things that can happen where we think it's so good or that we think everyone thinks it's good. So therefore we think it's good, Mm -hmm. but in the end ends up bad. Right. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Mm. And I think that's so true because honestly, we just go with the flow. And I grew up hearing that. Just go with the flow. Have mm-hmm. fun. Loosen up. Do this, do that. We're all doing it. Everyone's fine. You're not going to get hurt if you do this or that. Right. And so you just go with it. And it seems like fun and games until there's a shooting or until someone overdoses on drugs. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. scary things can happen. And so what I've learned in my life is there has to be a plumb line. And what I mean by that is there has to be something we anchor ourselves to. And that for me is Jesus. My Mm. life changed when I called out to Jesus. And then I realized, wow, the things that I thought were good are not. They're actually bad. And a lot changed in my life. Yeah, for me, when I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I started reading the Bible, which people call the Word of God. And as I read it, it began to reveal a lot of the things that I thought were good were actually not that good. Mm -hmm. And I see it clearly now, but the things that I thought were bad actually ended up were good. Mm. And I think it's important for us to evaluate what we're doing, why we're doing it, and then ask God, is this okay? Should I be doing that? And God will reveal to us which direction to take. We're going to hear from Kate right here after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Kate Waddell, and she's going to share with us that although she grew up in a Christian home, she ended up going through a real rough time and was in the sex industry. And we're going to find out how she got to that and how her life dramatically changed. Let's welcome to the show, Kate. Thanks for being with us. 
Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I understand that it was kind of like day and night in your home. Your mom was a Christian trying to bring you up in that way, but your dad was an alcoholic. Tell me a little bit about what was going on when you were a little child. Well, my dad had been a veteran of World War II, so like many of those men that served our country when they came home, suffered from PTSD and had a lot of their own trauma. And he was an alcoholic. So there was a lot going on in our home. There was my mom who was bringing us up in the way of going to church and knowing who God is and just remember really wanting my dad to be a part of that with us. Mm -hmm. But he never went with us to church except for maybe if it was, you know, the holidays. And I can remember just hanging and clinging onto his arm, being so happy that he would go to church with us on occasion. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest and I remember, you know, even at an early age, seeing the chaos in the home and seeing the fights and the things that would go on and One of my earliest memories is of my mom getting a phone call late at night, and it was a bar, and they were calling her to tell her to come and pick him up. And so she put me in the back of the car, and we drove downtown. I'm from Albany, Georgia, and it was a little place downtown, and she said she had to go get him and for me just to wait right there. I just remember looking out the door at night and seeing the marquee over the door where she went. At the time, it didn't register to me, but it just looked to me like this was a fun place to be. It must be where the party's at, and that must be where he wants to be, and this is where he is when he's not with us. Mm -hmm. And that sign over the door was a martini glass with a nude lady in it. Mm -hmm. So that was my exposure to seeing anything like that, the sex industry. And a year later, my father died and he died in our home. And that night, I remember there was some fighting and my mom defending herself. And then I remember everyone crying and then the EMTs taking him out. And so for a young five-year-old, that's a lot to take in. And I wasn't really sure what was going on, even though I probably did know in my Mm -hmm. little spirit that this was very bad. But I had decided that for all the information I had, that he had probably faked his death to get away from us and that he was just trying to have another lifestyle. I knew he was a very talented jazz musician, you know, and then I put together this lifestyle of the party atmosphere, the Mm -hmm. clubs, you know, the neon, the strip club. This must be what he desires more than our family. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I knew realistically he had passed away as I got older, but not going to the funeral or having any closure. My perception was that, that he's not really gone and that one day I'll see him again. Mm -hmm. And I pursued a music career later in life in some ways as kind of looking for him. You know, hoping to really get his approval, whether he was here or not. Wow. And, you know, when people are young and someone close dies, it is a very hard thing to go through. And I know when someone close to me died, I was in denial. And as a young girl, you were facing denial and some trauma there and probably a lot of hope that he was still alive somewhere that you could find him. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. That's right. So as you're in this band, you're singing and you end up in Hollywood. Tell me a little bit about that. So I came to Hollywood to pursue music. I had been on the road for a year with the band as a lead singer. And then I left that band. I decided to leave because it had gotten so bad, my drug abuse. And I thought if I make a change and I really go after a career, the things I really want, I can stop wasting my time and stop these habits. And I thought it would be that Mm -hmm. easy. 
And so I got on a plane, came to Hollywood, and I knew one person out here that I had worked in the music business with. And I called him and I said, hey, I'm finally here. Can I come stay with you? Can you get me? And he was in a session at his studio and he said, I can't leave right now, but take a cab. And so I had no idea from LAX to Hollywood what a cab would cost. And I think I had $80 to my name and it cost all of that to get there. And he said, well, you can stay with me for the night, but we're going to look for something else for you. Or you can stay with me until we find something, but we'll start working on that. And so sounded pretty good until the next morning when his girlfriend showed up and saw me sleeping on the couch and she said, this is not going to happen. So you have to get rid of her. And, you know, that was important to him, his relationship over a friend. And so he made a phone call. What I didn't put together at the time was that a lot hadn't changed and we were drug buddies. We used to party together a lot. And just the fact that he was now in Hollywood, I thought, you know, he's made it, he's doing great, and now he's going to help me. But really, it was just the same old, same old. And he made a phone call to someone and said, yeah, get in the car. I have somewhere you can go. And so we got in the car, and we drove up to the Hollywood Hills. This was all new to me. Beautiful mansions. And pulled up in front of a house, and someone came outside, a guy. They talked for a minute, and then I watched them exchange an eight ball of cocaine. And then he looked at me, and he said, bye, I'll see you later. And he got in the car and drove off. And the guy said to me, okay, this is where you can stay. This is the house you can stay in. You can even drive this car in exchange for sex. Welcome to LA. And in that moment, I felt paralyzed. I wasn't sure what to do, but I knew that I had no money. I had too much pride and shame to call home. In fact, I had called on family many times and, you know, they had helped me in the past, but I knew that I had gotten myself in too deep this time. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you've done it for free. Just suck it up, you know, buck up and deal with this. You got yourself into it. So I lived with this guy for a few months, you know, basically his property. And I was out one day and I saw some girls at lunch. I went over to talk to them and was always looking for an angle. I was always looking for a way to get a job or for a way to break into the business. And everyone in LA is doing something, even the waitresses, everyone's in the business. That's what it seemed like to me. These girls were beautiful and had nice clothes. And they told me about their job and they said, you can just come and work with us, come audition. We can get you a job and you know, look like the glamorous life. So I thought it's better than what I'm doing. And they even agreed, you don't have to work for somebody else. You can work for yourself. Wow. And that was a strip club you're talking about working for yourself, making money. And we're going to find out on our next show what you went through and how it wasn't all glam and glorious as you thought it would be. And we're going to pray for those who are listening right now. Thank you so much for being with us, Kate. And we're going to hear the rest of your story on our next show. Sure. You know, sometimes in life, we are going out in hopes of something great, and then reality hits, Mm -hmm. and it ends up being something like a trap. And it's just so easy to say, you know what, this is just for a little while, and we can compromise things that we would have never imagined when we were little children. Mm -hmm. I know this, and I know a lot of people, there's someone listening right now, and you're thinking about the things you used to dream about when you were younger, and you're looking at your life today, and you're saying, well, I'm still living for that dream. I'm just doing this to survive today. And Lord Jesus, I'm just praying for that soul, the soul that's brokenhearted and not sure where the next direction is for their life. Mm -hmm. So Lord Jesus, we just come to you, Lord. And we just ask for God that there's anyone out there who's listening and saying, Lord, I'm in that spot. I'm in that spot where I'm in a place of compromise. I'm not in the place where I feel like I should be. 
and I need your direction, Lord. Mm -hmm. So, Lord God, we just invite you and we invite your wisdom and your direction even right now into our lives, God. Speak to us on what our next step is to be and to trust you for our futures. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.